A Star Wars hotel? Yeah, kind of cool. Uh, 48 hours of role-playing? Eh, not so much. Hey friends, welcome to the Press Club C Podcast. I'm Ray Keating. In this 77th episode, you're going to join me in wrestling with whether or not Disney World's new Star Wars hotel was a good investment by the company. Uh, but before we get into this, let's quickly answer that key question once more. What the heck is the Press Club C? Anyway, each letter stands for stuff we talk about. P is for politics. R is for religion, mainly Christianity. E is for economics. S is for sports. That second S is for stories, books, and writing my own books, other books, uh, fiction, nonfiction, reviews, author interviews, and so on. Uh, C is for culture, pop culture like Star Wars, uh, and otherwise. L is life, the big catch-all. U is understanding lessons in areas like history and economics. And then B is for business and entrepreneurship. And finally, that last C in Press Club C is conservative. And why? Because I am one. And since we have to be very clear what that means these days, I'm a Reagan, Kemp, Buckley, Coolidge, Lincoln, Madisonian kind of conservative. And folks, I hope that you will consider purchasing any or all of my Pastor Stephen Grant thrillers and mysteries. If you don't know what those are about, I have to ask, where you been? No. <laughs> Stephen Grant is a pastor at St. Mary's Lutheran Church on Long Island. He used to be a Navy SEAL and a CIA operative, but uh, he left that life behind, or did he, during 15 books in a series so far, with the first being Warrior Monk and the latest What's Lost, readers come to see that Grant didn't, in fact, fully leave his old life behind. With a wide-ranging group of recurring characters, from his days with the agency to parish work, the reader is treated to action, suspense, humor, relationships, uh, faith, love, adventure, mystery, and some opportunities for reflection and discussion. So I hope you'll consider uh, the Pastor Stephen Grant thrillers and mysteries in paperback or for the Kindle over at Amazon.com. Hey, you can get signed books at RayKeatingOnline.com. I really do appreciate the consideration. Now, on to the Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel, or the Halcyon. So, first off, I'm recording this on the morning of March 2nd, 2022. Uh, the, this hotel opened to guests yesterday on March 1st. So how about some background first? Um, there, there's been a lot written on this already. There was a media bloggers, you know, early opening event. <clears throat> so we have a lot of reviews to go off of, but, um, sfgate.com, uh, offered this, you know, kind of summary up front, which I think will, you know, for those of you that are not familiar, it'll get you, uh, in the mood. So they wrote the the two days are packed. That's what you get. You get two days, right? It's a like a two day voyage, a forty eight hour voyage aboard the Halcyon. So the two days, as uh, a note in this piece, two days are packed with lightsaber training, clandestine rendezvous, uh, rendezvous elaborate entertainment, uh, and exploration of the ship. Guests need to download an app for their smartphones to chat with characters on board receive their missions, and learn their storylines. So that's kind of what we're talking about. Now, 
This is uh, one of the big question marks about this uh, entire uh, hotel and um, uh, event, if you will, part theme park, part hotel, and so on. <clears throat> this was the major drawback, writes sfgate.com. If you're an introvert, this may be the wrong trip for you. Um, so the SF gate goes on and, and talks about, you know, cites a whole bunch of reviews, um, some flattering, some not so flattering. Uh, it writes at one point, they write uh, many reviews compared the experience to living inside a two day long dinner theater show or escape room and a heavy dose of extroversion will help get over the awkwardness of a room full of adults pretending they're on an epic mission. They, uh, they quote a, a reviewer over at CNET <clears throat> who wrote, you don't have to do everything. If you don't participate to some degree, you'll still see the main general story unfold at the end, but you will be wasting your money. <clears throat> now, I've seen, uh, again, reviews that are big time positive and ones that raise all sorts of questions. So I have been wrestling with this. And I wrote a piece over at my uh, at at DisneyBizJournal.com, and <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about the issues that I raised there, and just you know maybe um, focus on that piece. <clears throat> and and my opening of that piece was I've been struggling with this Star Wars hotel from various perspectives, but mainly from a business perspective. So let's backtrack a little bit. Um, it's almost, it's been almost 10 years since Disney paid $4 billion to get Lucasfilm and Star Wars. Um, and let's admit, you know, Disney's track record with this legendary franchise has been uneven. Um, and now there's this Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel, or also known as the Halcyon at Walt Disney World, again, greeted with with mixed reviews from media and bloggers <clears throat> who were given that early look of this completely immersive experience. And now, of course, we're getting um, feedback from other folks that are, you know, on board this first, uh, this first mission, if you will. Um, you know, to backtrack a little bit, you know, Disney's spotty record, you know, on the film front, uh, you know, episode seven, the force awakens in 2015, there certainly were problems with that, but it was, uh, I think generally solid. And I think people signed on for the nostalgia of that movie. That was very much JJ Abrams gave us a nostalgia movie. He repeated a lot of things from previous star Wars movies. Rogue One in 2016, Solo, much maligned Solo in 2018. I think where those were both generally solid vehicles. They were, you know, all three of these films that I'm mentioning at, at the outset here, far from spectacular. Um, they had issues, but they were pretty solid. Then you get to, of course, episode eight, The Last Jedi, which was Ryan Johnson, director Ryan, director and writer Ryan Johnson's hot mess which was followed by episode nine, the rise of Skywalker, which was a desperate attempt to repair the damage done by Johnson. And they ultimately failed to do that. And they caused all sorts of, uh, 
cause. They, they presented all sorts of story issues that actually reached all the way back to the original trilogy. So all that rather unfortunate. But then, you know, it took Jon Favreau along with Dave Filoni <clears throat> creating uh, The Mandalorian. Right now we're waiting for season three on that on Disney Plus for Disney to have its first, you know, true major Star Wars success. Um, no doubt about that. Uh, and then you have the book of Boba Fett, which, you know, debuted at the end of last year on Disney plus also created by Favreau. Now it wasn't, it's not at the level of the Mandalorian, certainly, but I would say that it was pretty solid, pretty well done. I think a lot of people had an issue with the pacing, which I did not. Um, but it's also worth noting that, uh, the book of Boba Fett excelled when the show featured the main characters from the Mandalorian. So take that as you will. And there are more series, Disney plus series, star Wars series on the way, um, like the Obi-Wan Kenobi one. So there's, there's justified anticipation and that includes with me, right? On the park side, <clears throat> you know, you had star Wars galaxies edge, which opened, uh, in 2019 at both Walt Disney world's Hollywood studios and at Disneyland that opened to a bit of grumbling. Um, and I think that grumbling materialized because the company initially just over promised on the experience. That was the first time that Disney really started talking about, this is going to be an immersive star Wars experience. Well, if you go there and we were there actually at the opening weekend, um, <clears throat> in Walt Disney world, and it was not completely immersive. Um, at that time they had some characters walk around and you could chat with them a little bit, but there was nothing, you know, completely immersive about it. The land itself, of course, you, you feel like you're, um, on a different, uh, you're on Batuu and so on, but it's, it has since settled in quite nicely. And I would say that it ranks as a must see, uh, part of the parks. Um, and that's for all star Wars fans, no matter how deep that fandom runs, and whether you're an introvert or extrovert, we're going to talk about those. Those words are going to pop up a lot here. They already have. So that brings us to this Star Cruiser Hotel, again, which opened on March 1st to guess. Um, I certainly was not, uh, as you can tell, part of the media that got a sneak peek. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I will be staying at the hotel. Um, but there's enough information around again, for us to, to talk somewhat intelligently about it, and at least for me to raise these questions that I've been pondering for some time now, again, from the business perspective. <clears throat> so first, you know, this is just kind of a, an interesting observation that, <clears throat> excuse me, the, um, the Star Cruiser Hotel has 100 rooms or suites. Now, in the grand scheme of things, um, Walt Disney World property, there are 36,000 I mean, 36,000 hotel rooms. So the hundred rooms on the Halcyon, you know, kind of barely register, if you will, but they register in terms of the price tag for these two night stays, right? And they, uh, they're roughly, uh, priced at $1,200, $1,200 per person per day. So the required two day stay, and you can't stay longer than that. We'll hit a, you know, a couple will pay about $4,800. Now, what does that include? It includes, obviously, the hotel room, uh, 
food and drink, excluding alcohol, alcoholic beverages and specialty beverages. You get a day trip to the Hollywood Studios Park. I think believe it's part of a mission. There's a magic band, blah, 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 so on. Now, number two, <clears throat> the key selling point for this two-day experience, again, is its immersion, the immersion factor, right? For 48 hours, you're effectively LARPing. Now, some of you out there are saying, LARP? LARPing? What's that? Live action role playing, right? You know, you show up in costume and you're getting into it. You're you're fully in it as a character and so on. Now, as a nerd, I've been around this stuff for a while, you know, from comic books to Star Trek to Star Wars at various, you know, sci-fi comic fantasy conventions. You saw people that were role-playing or LARPing, but it was, it was a pretty limited activity, um, even at those events. Now, the videos from the, the Halcyon that I've seen, you know, point to that <clears throat> this is what you do, right? So it's an intensive, it seems ra rather intensive, ongoing role-playing experience. Now, uh, I'm not an introvert. My family will tell you that. I'll talk to almost anybody. Uh, but this didn't, so I, I guess you would say I'm an extrovert. Um, but this didn't look like an enjoyable experience to me, quite frankly, when I see the videos of this and maybe it's that I'm getting old. Yeah, Grant. Okay, fine. But I, I, you know, again, I have experience. I have some experience in the, the nerd world for many years. Um, I certainly cannot imagine introverts forking over big bucks for this kind of experience. And by the way, when you're talking about sci-fi fans or you're talking about Star Wars fans, there's more than a few introverts in the group, folks. <laughs> so this raises a big question. Um, also, again, the reviews, as I mentioned, have been all over the place on the experience, but also on the hotel itself, right? This is weird. There is a CNBC review that called the hotel rooms spacious. And then other reviews, there was another review that called them small and cramped. <laughs> um, and most, it seems like most of the reviews go that way. Um, Disney food blog, which is a big deal in terms of the, the blogging world. Um, this quote from them is interesting. They said the hotel put, quote, the wealthiest guests inside a windowless bunker for two full days, close quote. That's, uh, that's, I don't think you want that if you're running that hotel. <laughs> you want that tagline. You want that assessment. But, um, you know, everybody points out then that you don't really spend much time in your room anyway, um, as you're off on assorted adventures that somehow will tie, that somehow tie together in the end of your, your visit. Excuse me while I take a, a drink of a, some sort of energy drink. So <clears throat> again, uh, so let me throw, let me throw out a couple of, um, excerpts of sub reviews very quick, just to give you an idea of how it's all over the place. The CNBC reviewer wrote the following for the moment passengers board the shuttles to the I don't know how to pronounce this. Chandrilla Starlines, Star Cruiser, known as the Halcyon. The adventure begins, and it doesn't slow its pace until they disembark after the voyage two days later. Pause for a moment. 
that raises a question about, you know, some people saying after two days of this, 48 hours, they were exhausted. So I don't know if how many people want to go on vacation to be exhausted, but there are. Um, back to the CNBC. So let's uh, CNBC uh, review. So let's address the bantha in the room right away. Is Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser worth the price of admission? <clears throat> yes, but with one condition, you have to be willing to play. Um, passengers get back what they put into their time aboard the Halcyon. If you suspend your disbelief, embrace the story, and participate without self-consciousness, this will be a trip you and your family will never forget. So that's the CNBC review. That's a big if, right? And I think a lot of the reviews that are positive include that if. Uh, again, from a business perspective, ooh. So then... Um, you know, a reporter at TheVerge.com um, talked about uh, the, the hotel being, not just the rooms, but the hotel being smaller than you might expect. Uh, the dining, the main dining cabin being about the size of a medium-sized restaurant. Um, few seats at the bar. Um there are restricted, this is a quote from the, from the Verge, there are restricted spaces that open up for story elements like the cargo hold, brig, engineering, and engineering bay, but there are really only two or three main public spaces to spend time in outside of those plot moments. Um, Galactic, it continues, Galactic Star Cruiser asks a lot of its guests. You're basically diving into a giant improv exercise with dozens of strangers. Are you... Let's stop there for a moment. How many people are comfortable with that? I don't know. Anyway, back to The Verge. Uh, and what you'll get out of the experience is largely what you put in. In my short time there, it was hard to shake the feeling that I was just going through the motions for the particular story track my group was assigned. Maybe the smaller groups added time, additional context, a more gradual pace of storytelling that the full experience has will help uh, help make the process feel more organic. So that's the Verge review. But you get the point here, right? Sure, different takes and different experiences, depending on one's point of view. You know, some will dive in and adore this, and I've seen that uh, emerge, sure. And many, and my guess is a lot more than that former group, will never board the Halcyon. And not just because of the price tag, but actually due to the experience. The value, the very selling point of this part hotel, part theme park ride, part LARP. Um, so, you know, they, when, when your main selling point isn't attractive to a broad audience. Uh, so, that, you know, that leads me to my my problem here. My, my conundrum with this 48 our experience from a business investment perspective. And, and my simple question is why, you know, a ho a 100 room hotel. Um, and perhaps that speaks to this, the limited potential market. Um, and the price tag means that guests, you know, have to show a high degree of commitment, certainly. Um, but these are only two day stays. So that will mean, you know, uh, the, the, well, that will, that means it, not insignificant turnover for as long as this hotel stays open, right? Uh, 
And again, does it really make business sense to create this kind of experience, especially at this cost? Um, there is that issue, you know, what if it flops and Disney takes another hit uh, on its Star Wars brand? And my response to that is, well, you know, get John Favreau and Dave Filoni uh, juiced up more with maybe the energy drink, energy drink that I'm having and they come up with another hit Disney Plus series. Um. So, I th- I mean, it's hard to, I think, even if you step back, even if you love this, there, there's that, the people that love it still bring up that if. But if, you know, you'll love it too if you put in the time, if you're an extrovert, if you do, the, if you play along. Um, you know, so here's my my thought uh, that, that I come back to, that I've come back to over and over again since I've started thinking about this hotel. <clears throat> you know. As I've explored, you know, various Disney World hotels of late, when I do this, my mind actually wanders back to the Star Wars hotel and an alternative investment that Disney could have made. Now, this isn't, listen, this isn't, uh, hey, you know, like when when somebody calls into a sports talk radio show and, and comes up with the craziest trade imaginable, say, hey, I got this idea, you know, trade so-and-so and so-and-so, we'll get... You know the two greatest players on in baseball right now. I'm not talking about that. This is so. This is not some crazy moment. I, I would argue it's also not some great moment of genius on my part. It's just a common sense <clears throat> alternative or question. And here it is: <clears throat> when you go to when you, when you look at Disney World's let's say moderate price resorts, right? Those range from a thousand rooms to twenty four hundred rooms. Now. Picture the demand for a large, expansive Star Wars resort with, let's go the max for the, the moderate range, for, with 2,400 rooms. And what are we talking about? We're talking about in-depth theming that Disney does so well, right? From the rooms, to the pools, to the restaurants, to the food, to the grounds, and beyond, right? You'd have all kinds of events and activities that would allow people to engage, but allow them to engage truly to the degree that they want to, right? It's their own comfort. After all, it's their vacation, right? Um, and, you know, it, you could, one could price these rooms even, you know, at the moderate level or even a bit, a bit higher. So I'm sorry, but in my mind, you know, there'd be a long, long line of individuals and families lining up, long line lining up vying to stay at this kind of resort. I mean, they could just enjoy a Star Wars vacation at Walt Disney World, whether they were introverts or extroverts. And if they have, um, they, they wish to have nothing to do with LARPing. That's a pretty substantial market compared to what Disney's trying to do with the current Star Wars hotel. And oh yeah, by the way, this is the other part. You you uh, circulate around the resorts at Walt Disney World, and it becomes very clear that not everyone that's staying there is like a Disney fanatic, right? Um, you have family members with wide-ranging interests uh, for Disney, um, and, but they, but they're resorts, right? They enjoy all of the other amenities, you know, the pool, this, that, you know, blah, 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 you know, the activities, the, the food, 
Um, and the same would be for a much larger, more moderately priced Star Wars hotel, right? So you could have people that that care little about Star Wars and they'd still have a great time, right? Um, and maybe they even uh, might uh, find some interest in Star Wars um, as a result. But, you know, this would be a full resort again with all of the amenities. And by the way, all of the amenities that are missing on the Halcyon, right? So I, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up there. You get my point here. Um, you know, as I asked in my Disney biz journal, um, dot com piece, when I floated this, you know, the question, am I crazy or does this make a heck of a lot more sense for both fans and, and for both fans and shareholders of the Disney company, right? This type of, of, uh, larger, more moderately priced, deeply, though deeply themed Star Wars hotel. Does that make more sense than this 100 room Halcyon, which basically mandates that you are an extrovert who, you know, you're an adult willing to play Star Wars with other adults. Uh, I don't like that. It's weird. (laughs) There, I said it. Uh, You know, of course. All right. So Disney could still make the, the investment in the bigger hotel. Um, we'll see, um, you know, that they'd have to do a certain amount of admitting that we blew that by the way, you know, the point in the end will be the lessons that are learned from consumers, right. Regarding the Halcyon. I have my opinion, you have your opinion, but it's ultimately the market that's going to say, uh, whether this works or not. Um, and the, one of the things that you have to keep in mind now surveys will give you some information, especially when people don't give you their names. However, if you fork over, you know, $5,000, $6,000 or more for a vacation, and then somebody turns around and asks you, hey, was that good or not? Eh, Unless you are very comfortable in spending large amounts of money, you may just talk yourself into saying, that was fantastic. Yes, I did not waste my money. This was really cool. So that that comes into play here. But ultimately, surveys don't matter. It's what people do. So we'll learn um, over the coming months and years how just how successful the Halcyon is. And if Disney eventually decides to build the Star Wars hotel that I envision, well, you're welcome for the idea. Folks, thanks for listening. Your feedback and suggestions are always welcome. Please check out my various endeavors and books. Again, I already mentioned the Pastor Stephen Grant Thrillers and Mysteries. Uh, 15 of those and more on the way. Uh, get the paperback and Kindle editions over at Amazon.com. Sign books at RayKeatingOnline.com. Nonfiction books, recent ones include Free Trade Rocks and Behind Enemy Lines. Behind Enemy Lines is a collection of my essays on a lot of different topics, including Star Wars, by the way, and science fiction. So please check that out again at Amazon.com and at RayKeatingOnline.com. Uh, again, check out please check out DisneyBizJournal.com. My other podcast, Free Enterprise in Three Minutes and The Daily Dose of Disney. And I will stop there. Thanks again for listening and God bless.